hey, it's 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 eleven o'clock. We're all here. Let's let's start talking about random things until we finally decide to start the podcast. <laughs> later. Basically, I mean, maybe that would be an entire podcast of its own. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, I, I tend to say I'm going to chop things off the beginning when I'm editing, and then I tend to chop off a lot less than I'm originally intending to because it's actually funnier to leave a lot of these things in. <laughs> Um, you might notice that when you actually listen back to the podcasts that, um, you know, I, I tend to be fairly uh, yeah, lightweight yeah, with the we, editing. We wanted to do the, the, the introductions, that's, that's why we went on this. Tonight. Yes, this wonderful little tangent. This is before we've even reached the introductions, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, it's given me lots of time to write mine. Well, I need to actually make a new one for myself, come to that as well. Because I've had a bit of a spiritual journey recently. Hello and welcome to the May 2020 uh, special edition of the Freedom of Form Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Atam Anatha Kitsun, previously known as Dan Fox Davis, and still known as Dan Fox to a lot of people because I'm trying to be useful and keep a bit of continuity going. Uh, and with more fluffy tales than I really know what to do with these days. Uh, here with me are Cammy, who, uh, if you cascade down through the uh, Clades of foxes, you'll eventually reach the Cascade Cross Fox, that's Cammy, uh, who is the owner of the uh, Kinship Species Dysphoria Support Group on Discord and the person spearheading development on a niche part of the robotics side for morphological freedom, specifically avatars. Um, if you think sort of along the lines of a sort of cyborg answer to uh, James Cameron's avatar, the movie, you'd be in the right ballpark. Yeah, it's sort of like. It's sort of like controlling a. It's sort of like controlling a robot through VR. Actually, it's like, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so Much kind of much better answer to your uh, telepresence robots, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yes, but it's it's mainly trying to play into the idea of morphological freedom because it doesn't yeah. have to be any specific thing. It could be whatever you want. In my case, it's going to be me. Why not? And we also have with us today. Our wonderful, light as a feather, dark as a um, crow, friend, Hondrik. <laughs> Welcome back again. Nice to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. No worries. So, uh, I am going to uh, just quickly try to find our relevant things here and also silence Telegram because it's going ping in my ear. Disable notifications for one hour. Okay, minimize. Right, so you know you, you you do your best to prepare for a podcast, and then it all falls apart immediately when you hear a bing. Yep, that's that's pretty much being on a podcast. That's how it works. 
You got it. So, uh, I have just found our list of um, nice little sort of bullet points. Jumping to that, there we go. Subject matter we need to bring up. Let's begin by saying that back in February, oh, can we remember that in the before times? Wow, such an amazing time we lived through back then. Um, I remember being able to go outside. I know, wasn't it wonderful? Um, oh, it was my first. At least, at least in this form. Of course, when I'm gonna be able to like fly everywhere. But then you don't want to be a caged tail. bird. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's just like, yeah, I'm just sitting in here playing video games and having the time of my life. Fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I must admit, to be honest, I'm enjoying um, being able to just get on with my work because I enjoy my work. You know, working with the Freedom of Form Foundation is awesome. Um, as is the uh, other few projects and companies that I'm working with. So that can all be done from home already. I was already working on it from home on my various machines here. So yeah, um, in a way, this this whole situation is uh, yeah, it's a tragedy. You know, there's a lot of people dying from as uh, has been referred to on YouTube by a few people the super double plus bad cold. Um, but it is having a, f a few positive effects as well, like we were saying just before we started recording, the uh, effect it's having on the climate with um, much less air pollution. But I digress, like we always do on these podcasts. I was going to get to this um, little point we have about Anthro New England, which was a convention back when we used to ha actually have conventions, you know, weren't, weren't they amazing, um, in Boston, in Massachusetts. And Boston's a great city, I enjoy going there, and that was the second time now that the Freedom of Form Foundation has actually attended Anthro New England at the Boston Park Plaza Hotel, and um, it was awesome. I would like to give a special shout out not only to everybody who turned up for our talk, which um, I think went swimmingly, and we've got a lovely video for that up on YouTube now, uh, but also to the people behind and who attended the Anthroholics podcast. Um, which came up from Connecticut to be with us in uh, Boston for Anthony New England and um, for having us um, on one of their episodes. So please check them out on SoundCloud. What uh, episode was that? I'd really like to listen to that. It was whichever one they released about a week after A&E, which would put it at the end of February, start of March. Um, right. Yeah, it was all done just before the COVID lockdown came in. Um, gotcha. So I think Anthony New England was the earlier 20-somethings of March, sorry, of February rather, um, around about 23rd, 24th, I think, of February. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was a good time to have a convention. As it turned out, we couldn't have it any later because, uh, as we discovered um, just after I got back to the UK, there had been another convention going on in a different hotel in the same city. Um, where someone did catch the virus. Oh dear. Um, that wasn't anything to do with us. It was actually, ironically enough, a, me a biomedical convention. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it was attended by professors from various universities. Um, so we were lucky that we were at the furry convention, which unusually didn't give us Concrud. Hmm. So, that was a strange time for not getting Concred. Yeah. 
Well, we were very lucky. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, the people who attended that one, you know, they were sensible. We did have um, some alcohol hand gel with us, um, and we had you know, a few other precautions that we kept taking, and it all went nicely. So, yeah, um, I'm very grateful for that. You can imagine. Indeed. Um, now, we have... Uh, these these bullet points are in any old order by the way I will sort of go to them in what order seems to make sense as I'm talking just so as you're aware um, yeah so for that for the sake of um, chronology shall we say you know being in the right order of time um, the next thing I want to mention is that straight after I got back to England after uh, A&E um, I was then just after a couple of days to turn around at home on a train down to Oxford. And I'm talking the original Oxford, not any of your copycat Oxfords in America, by the way. Um, so it was quite fascinating because I've not actually visited Oxford before. Um, and I really enjoyed it and got um, plenty of uh, footage on the FFF's GoPro, which of course I brought back with me from the USA. And uh, started filming an interview with Professor Anders Sandberg from the Future of Humanity Institute um, at Oxford University and that interview is currently in the final stages of being edited up um, it's sort of had to be put on hold for a little while because of um, a few other pressing matters that had to be dealt with, some of which had to do with the uh, virus and some of which did not but um, it is now getting ready for uploading <coughs> excuse me and uh, Zenith, our president of the charity, is actually helping to finalise that. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was quite an experience actually talking to Anders Sandberg. He is, um, I, I would say, one of the original luminaries on thinking and philosophy about morphological freedom. Um, sort of. I don't know if he coined the term. I think that was more down to somebody else who he referred to in the interview. I forgot the name offhand. But he certainly popularised it in a few key places that made it available um, then to be put onto Wikipedia. And then we heard of it and we were like, that's a very good term. And it fits with what we had already separately come up with, the idea of freedom of form. And we're like, this is basically the same thing. So... That's why it's not called the Morphological Freedom Foundation, it's because we'd already come up with the name Freedom of Form Foundation by then, and that was more alliterative. Yeah. Plus, in my opinion, it's just better to say Triple F than MFF. Yeah, besides, MFF is already the uh, Midwest, Midwest Fur Fest, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. That one's taken. <laughs> Kami, um, I understand you have uh, quite a bit of experience dealing with uh, people who have um, serious cases of species dysphoria. Yeah, in fact, I've had a lot of issues with it myself. Uh -huh. And the main reason I've been able to make it so far is because I have the support group. Yeah. Same, honestly. And so, I'm just looking at the... I, I, I copied the list of bullet points to talk about. Uh, we're, we're talking about the, 
the tips for tricks and, uh, for sanity in the face of still being in a plain human body, right? Uh, essentially, yeah. I'm sort of oscillating between that and uh, the second bullet point as well, um, but I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, I've got I've got as extensive notes here on both of them, so cool. You go ahead. Uh, basically, as for coping with being stuck at home, this is something that a lot of people have been doing: is just try to keep yourself busy. Yeah. That's basically at this point in time, you're just trying to stave off boredom and keep your keep your mind and body busy, and just wait. You just gotta wait. It'll be over yeah. eventually. What I recommend here is, since normally you'd find yourself with too much work and not enough time, now it's the opposite. Just try to make a list of stuff that you've been previously procrastinating on and just get it done. Yes. Yes, like that's pretty much what I'm doing, but uh, also what I'm doing is I'm taking on way too many new projects, and I need to quit doing that. I need to do the ones which I oh God, me to too. <laughs> like X months ago at this point, and I have I have there. that exact same problem. It is, oh, it is the worst curse. But I actually general, just distracting myself is like when I do it for hard enough and long enough, I can momentarily just kind of forget that I'm still in this body and just yeah have some yeah distract distracting yourself also good. yeah distracting yourself in that sense also kind of pulls yourself away from the fact that you're in the wrong body. And that that that's that kind of that's actually a really good segue to the next topic. Uh, basically, just try to figure out what coping tools work work for you. Yeah. Like for me, uh, I I have a tail and paws that I like to wear when I'm feeling especially dysphoric, and that really helps. Yeah. Uh, so but I. everything it's it's different for everybody. Your your experiences with it are different. What helps you will be different. So just try to figure out what makes you feel better about it. And just bottom line, just embrace it. Don't exist. Don't resist it. Uh, don't try to force yourself to be a human. In quarantine, nobody can see you all will. Yeah, but everyone can hear you. I just gotta be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Of course, sometimes. Uh... You're not really in a house with really accepting people, or some other times you just don't want them to know. Like that. Yeah, I know exactly how that is. Uh, I've I've had to hide myself from a lot of people, and that's actually why I'm not publicly out as trans yet. But my family is really accepting, and I'm really grateful for that. I, I just don't know how it's looking like I'm going to be, but I've had it. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the ideas I recently stumbled across, actually, um, because I was talking to a particularly nerdy friend who um, has a thing for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, yes. It was, it was a, a concept that... Um, Douglas Adams brought up in Life, the Universe, and Everything, which was the third book in the series. And um, it's called The Somebody Else's Problem Field, um, which I think is, is a great little analogy for quite a few things, because uh, with The Somebody Else's Problem Field, um, it's, it's essentially a field that exists around something which is too absurd or too big uh, an outlier to what you would expect to see 
for your brain to process it and so you automatically ignore it um, and it's meant to sort of be used as a bit of a, a parody for cloaking technology in the book but um, it does have a kind of mental application as well I think because if you treat anything that you are procrastinating as if it has been um, maliciously placed into a somebody else's problem field and you need to see it then you simply have to apply the same logic that one would have applied if if attempting to see something in an SCP field in real life uh, which is to try and look at it through the corner of your eye uh, or to catch it by surprise now of course if it's in your head then you're looking at it in the corner of your mind's eye but you know the same gist applies um, if something that you have been procrastinating and you know you've you've kind of ignored it because it's just too awkward to fit into your mind sometimes you just got to play crafty and sort of sneak up on it um, mm -hmm. and that's one of the ways of dealing with procrastination that uh, I, I found was was quite amusing to be honest also um, one thing which I am attempting to do like not only with this lockdown but also in general as um, I guess kind of a coping mechanism is to attempt to lucid dream yeah. Because, well, then you can just uh, transform very easily. And also, now with lockdown, whenever I'm outside too much, I know that must be a dream. Hmm. So, then it's just a matter of doing consistent reality checks and dream journals. And I have heard stories where people, they are now going with that through the roof because of this lockdown. They're doing what, sorry? Uh, where their uh, lucid dreams are just through the roof. Well, yeah. They know exactly when they're dreaming because they're always at home. I see. That makes some sense. Um, I must admit that my recent attempts to lucid dream haven't actually gotten anywhere. Um, but I don't really mind. I've um, plenty to be doing. So, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world if I haven't made progress on that yet. But I do recommend that um, people take this opportunity to meditate as well, because that's something you can do anywhere, really. And obviously, at home, if it's quiet enough in your room, you know, you can just sit down and position yourself comfortably, close your eyes, and look for that space between the atoms in front of you um, with your eyes closed. And then just focus on that space between the atoms in front of you. And it is a great way to just get your mind clear and then you can really kind of focus as hard as you want, you know, keep going as long as you feel like, and then just think to yourself, what is the thing that you're actually going to do next that would be the most beneficial, that would help the most, that would make the most progress? So that's something that's worked for me quite a few times. I think Andre has mentioned that as well. Yeah, um, from a different yeah. angle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's cool. Um, now, we have a new thing. We have been doing some polls on Twitter. And, silly me, I've not got them up on screen straight away, but I'm about to. Sorry, I went and put the other laptop out of the beach. Um, it's because I had to switch laptops and uh, everything's on the other one now. So, just a moment, I'll bring Twitter back. So I want to see what those results were from that poll. 
If the load that is. <laughs> Come on, internet. So, there we go. Uh, we have a poll, as I was saying. While you're all stuck at home, how has the COVID-19 lockdown left you feeling about your ability to express your inner self? Now, before I read out the results, can I just hear from you two? Um, I have uh, to actually take a look at that Twitter because I know that I... I know that I sent... I know that I sent the answer. I don't remember which one. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what the answers were without telling you what the percentages were just yet. I'll say... Um, the answers we listed out were not socially judged and thus happy, uh, trapped with backwards folk, isolated but coping okay, or isolated but not coping at all. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, so for me, I answered on it, isolated but coping okay. But I really thought that maybe I should also answer, maybe I should answer trapped with backwards folk. So it was really. Between them. Yeah, well, it depends on what which is the more prominent theme to you. Yeah. As as for me, I, I I don't I don't think I actually, I don't think I actually selected an option, but I would say not socially judged. Okay, so you're quite happy with your situation at home at the moment, then. Yeah, I have a really accepting family, and I'm really happy about that. That's fantastic. Um, now. Maybe it will be some comfort to you to know that uh, the percentages went like this. Not socially judged, and thus fairly happy, 34%. Trapped with backwards folk, 17%. Isolated but coping okay, 38.3%. And isolated but not coping, 10.6%. That was out of That's 47 really votes. That's really good that the majority of people are doing well. Yeah. Um, though there is certainly a significant proportion who are not. Yeah. So it is an important time to look out for your friends and to help them as best you can, especially those who you know will identify with you and your group as furries, as other kin, as therians, and as the species dysphoric, because you know they might not have a whole lot of choices of people they can go and speak to, and they probably don't have anybody in real life to speak to, especially if they're feeling like this about themselves, where they're trapped or isolated. So if you're in that privileged position where you're feeling okay, um, try and share some of that goodness with those who need it. That's what I've been doing on my support group. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to help out there as well. You've been doing great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So... We, um, you know, we wanted to have some actual data this time for this podcast, so I thought it would be uh, you know, wise to throw that um, poll out there. And I actually did that back on April the 19th, which I believe it's um, taken a while for us to get around to the actual podcast, but uh, we've had a lot going on, so that's life. Um, but we're getting there now. I have... Uh, oh, yeah, if, if you want to see us able to put um, more time into quality podcast content by the way and using real world data like this please consider donating to our Patreon uh, which is at www.patreon.com forward slash freedom of four um, so even as little as a book a month you know it will add up uh, if enough people do it uh, so yeah, don't be afraid to help. give it a go yeah 
And I know for a lot of you, your finances will have diminished because of the, uh, you know, COVID-19 palaver. And it is perfectly understandable if you are currently donating but have to stop or have to reduce the amount. That's okay. But do consider finding those who haven't lost their income um, and who do care about our cause and just letting them know we're here um, and letting them know that we respect what they are most likely doing as key workers if they are indeed in such a field and we strongly uh, hope that they are able to support themselves and their families first but if they do have spare cash after that and they don't know what else to do with it then feel free to put it in our Patreon pot that would be lovely but only after you've considered everything else you know don't spend money that you don't have. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to be fair there, obviously. Um, because it's only right. And, I mean, really, we don't need to go into the politics of the situation. That's not what this podcast is for. But I think we can agree that healthcare workers have been amazing throughout all this and continue to be amazing every day. Um, yes, so, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so much more that they are going to be going through yet as well, and every day respect to them all. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, there was actually a couple flyovers by some fighter jets, saluting those who are working on the front lines. Absolutely, and you know, it's not just them who are working in healthcare. It's people who work in retail. It's people who are collecting your garbage. It's people who are doing the jobs that can't really stop just because there happens to be a deadly virus going around that's going to kill them if, if it happens to come into contact with them and yeah. if they happen to be vulnerable to it enough uh, and at the best they're going to be ill for a while so you know I, I mean we are lucky we get to stay home we get to be safe through this um, and that is something that I always want to make clear I appreciate okay now moving along um, I've mentioned the news I've mentioned polls yeah the other thing I wanted to mention really regarding the good old lockdown is first of all don't give up on it too soon, even if your government decides that the economy can't wait any longer, you know. Think about what the um, R number, the R value is doing in your country. Think about how you can gradually come back into work in a way that doesn't um, either exacerbate the uh, situation again for the virus uh, or make the climate um change situation start getting worse again either you know for example if you can start commuting by bicycle instead now's a great time to switch to that um, if you can't just simply work from home um, if you can you know if, if, if you're thinking of getting a new car soon get an electric one it will make all the difference in terms of air quality um, there's so many little things we can all do to change our ways and this feels like a catalyst so make most of that and 
of course, we're, we're going to have to be very careful um, how we kind of reintroduce normal working life to the world again, um, in so much as it could ever be called normal. You know, I'll put that in inverted commas. Um, because we still don't have a vaccine. And yeah. when we do have a vaccine, it's not going to be in everybody immediately, obviously. It's going to take time for the doctors to administer it. Um, so what will help, of course, is if people don't reject the vaccines and don't do stupid things. Vaccines are good. And drinking disinfectants, despite what a certain president may have said, is bad. This is all not political reasons. This is, you know, it doesn't matter what party you vote for or who you want to see in office, really. You won't get it to do either. Doesn't, yeah. Well, you won't get it to do either of those things. Care which party you belong to. It will yeah. kill you anyway. Exactly. You, you won't be able to. Virus. Yeah. You, you won't be able to vote for a party, um, regardless of which party you support. You won't be able to vote for any if you kill yourself by following the advice of idiots telling you to poison yourself by injecting or ingesting floor cleaning fluids. And we say this because we care. And because I know that, you know, everybody who's listening to this podcast is probably going to be sensible enough not to do those kinds of stupid things. But it would be a disservice not to mention it just in case. Yeah, and please spread the word if you're listening to this. Yes. Because, you know what? We have these human bodies, and they might not necessarily be the right body for every one of us. Right? But we've still got to look after them until we have a chance to change them. Yes. I, that's, that's what I say always. I, I don't like being in this body. doesn't mean that I'll destroy it because I will be that in like five years or something or like ten years. Yeah. Long it's gonna be. Five years, ten years, a hundred years, who cares? You're still going to need to be in some kind of body, you know, until then, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll all have been a bit of a moot point. Yep. So, uh, the other thing I wanted to sort of swing into was something from First Science, but I'm trying to find where on earth I've put it. Um, there it is. Just going back to coping with being stuck at home due to the lockdowns um, and the tips and tricks. Uh, I was looking through First Science's data that they gathered from conventions. Um, I think this data was from 2013. Um, and they were saying that living accommodation for furries uh, is spread such that there's about 15% are living alone, uh, about 7% cohabiting with partners, 5% living with a spouse. Um, 20 to 21 percent are living with a friend or roommate, 45 percent living with parents, and then about six percent are other. Now, obviously, there's a fairly high proportion living with parents because there's a skew towards younger people um, actually attending conventions and reporting what, you know, what their answers are to these kinds of surveys. But it's still a lot. Um, so, one of the things they said was that nearly half of all the furries sampled were indicating that they reside with their parents and another 30% or so living with a friend or significant other. But the high proportion living with uh, parents was meant to be down to uh, 
relatively young age and their tendency to attend post-secondary education. So what the uh, fur science group was saying is they found a lot of furries are actually highly ed educated and going to university. So both of these factors may necessitate living with parents for longer for financial reasons. Um, and then they said that when you actually um, arrange it by age, uh, living accommodations for furries by age, it was noticed that over 24s, the, uh, the proportion that are living with parents drops to 21, 22% thereabouts. Um, the numbers living with friends, living alone, living with partners or spouses, obviously increase over 24. Whereas under 24, it's much more focused on um, living with parents or with friends. So I think that's an interesting thing to kind of compare with the results that we got on Twitter. Um, because, you know, we, we got a response from 47 people. It's not exactly a massive sample, but um, to see that 34% are saying they're not socially judged, you think, great, but there's 45% potentially living with parents. So that 34% could have been from the other 55%. Um, or, you know, largely so, anyway. Uh, obviously there will be a bit of overlap in the Venn diagram. Um, but I think it's important that, I mean, obviously parents are not likely to be listening to this podcast, but that we find ways to, to frame things to parents that help them to understand the benefits of the furry fandom and of... Um, yeah, this, this deeper understanding of ourselves that we get from it and the collaborations and the communities that we get from it. Um, and of course, the worst person to explain what a fandom is is somebody who has just joined it uh, or somebody who has stayed in the closet and not said a word about it to anybody and the parents are the first person they're going to talk to about it and explain what it is to. Um, you know, it's kind of a recipe for disaster that, that comes up time and again. And of course, this is why so many furries get so apprehensive about coming out and they make a big deal out of it. And of course, that makes it worse. I don't, get why that, I don't get, even get why that's a thing. It's a, it's a fandom. It's not a minority. You don't have to hide that. You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think. Uh, of course, part yeah. of the problem is that there's been this um, this kind of stigma attached to online chat rooms back in the 1990s for a start um, by tabloid newspapers like the Daily Star, the Daily Mail um, the, you know Murdoch style papers etc that, that have a tendency to assume that any new technology uh, is bad for the children uh, somebody please think of the children you know yeah, that's a total boomer thing to do yeah. well it's, it's a tendency to be afraid of what we don't understand what we don't know and that's what help our ancestors survive to some degree um, and that's what they're sort of picking on of course because it sells papers it's that fear of the unknown um, of course stranger danger of form also a very yeah. thing um, I think that the concept of stranger danger has morphed it has changed because of the internet but when the internet was still a new thing to most people, as it was in the 90s and early 2000s, 
uh, it kind of shapes a lot of opinions in people who are, you know, parents of the uh, generation who actually were brought up with the internet. Uh, and it shapes a lot of opinions kind of against the idea of just talking to people on the internet and finding your groups of friends there. And it's funny because when I asked my parents how they met each other, uh, and this was you know, back in the 90s when I asked them originally when I was only a little kid myself, they said, well, we went to uh, the same club at a, a holiday park and we danced together. Um, and you think, were they not strangers to one another at that time? You know? And was that not a more risky situation, being there in person, than first meeting one another online? It's just a really weird double standard that gets put in place by the people who are afraid of the new technology purely because it's new technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the people that are afraid of new technology, they are sometimes it's just like really irrational. Yeah. They're doing sometimes. And so, I mean, obviously, parents will see it differently, I'm sure. And I would love anybody who is listening to this, who is a parent, to comment your thoughts about how you see the role of the internet and the role of the furry fandom and everything that it represents, all the chat rooms that are associated with it. You know, the whole nine yards, the good and the bad. Uh, what do you think that does for uh, your child's safety um, when they are meeting people uh, on the internet and even in real life as a result of having first met them on the internet? Do you think that's better than just meeting people in person in the first place, or not? In my opinion, because you've got some idea of how, in, because you've got some idea of how they are from how they are on the internet, it's actually a bit safer. Yeah, but I would say before meeting someone in real life, um, video chat with them. Yes, that's in my opinion that should be a, a universal rule. Yeah, that's what I'm planning to do before uh, meeting maybe even some of you guys that's fair enough please do um, I mean you know even an audio call is better than nothing isn't it but um, yeah, yeah. definitely you yeah, know audio is good but well it's uh, not perfect of course if nothing is really perfect but well yeah you don't really know until you got to know somebody very deeply you know for a long time um, I mean we, we go to these conventions, and there you've got hundreds and hundreds of different furries, thousands sometimes, um, most of whom you've never spoke to online because they were in other forums, other groups, other chat rooms. Yeah. But you can always pick your conventions, especially the first ones you go to, based on who's going to be attending that you already know. So you can have a group with you that you know more than the ones who you might meet elsewise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that overall, you know, the, there, there are obviously some people in the furry fandom who really oughtn't be um, so... They oughtn't be so nasty as they are, um, but there's always some who, you know, in any group will ruin it for the rest of us. Um, the same goes with any group of fans really of any thing uh, Star Trek, you know, anime football 
you know, football's got its hooligans, but does that mean that football matches shouldn't be attended? No, of course not. Yeah. So uh, that might be a good sort of analogy to hold up um, when talking to parents um, to say, all right, if I was going to a football match, would that have been all right with you? You know. So it's it's kind of just balancing these things off. And likewise, you know, if, if you were going to a concert or anything like that, and just think, what would be the uh, the precautions that you would take if you were going to some random concert or football match? How how would you apply those precautions as an attendee at a furry convention? And then, of course, these days, thanks to this virus, we also add on top of that an additional layer of um, hygiene precautions on top of the ones we should have already been taking anyway. Also, um, what I say regarding the virus, probably this could be either the worst or the best time to come out. Like, the worst time is, of course, if parents end up not being accepting and now you're stuck with them for months and you can't even look at each other. Yeah, you've got to carefully kind of figure out are they going to reasonably like it? Um, it's, it's a difficult thing to know before the fact. I thought that my dad would be alright with it. I was shocked when he was less than pleased, shall we say, with the furry side. In fact, he was a lot more accepting with me coming out as bisexual, uh, which I was at the time. I'm now actually pansexual, but, you know, close enough. Um, he was actually much more right with that because there were there were already precedents of it in the family, that there was already um, my cousin who was gay, um, so, and and my uh, aunt for that matter who's trans uh, transgender, uh, so she uh, and he between them kind of dulled that particular um, point for for my dad. You know, and he was like, well, fair enough. But when it came to furries, yeah, he thought that was very weird. And that was back in 2008. And I lived away from him for a long time. Uh, you know, I lived with my ex down in the south of England. Eventually, after living in a few other places, I've ended up living back in my dad's house again. And he still doesn't like it. He still doesn't like the furry side one bit because I basically didn't explain it right to him. Uh, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to put it. And I made a bigger deal out of it than I should have done because I was nervous as all heck. Um, and it set his expectations wrong and that's where they stayed. Now, does that mean you should never come out to your parents? Of course not. You should. Uh, if you believe you are in with a reasonable chance of them understanding you. And if you don't believe they are, then what you need is some other ways of gauging it first and just take your time but don't turn it into a big deal on the occasion when you actually do say it you need to be confident you need to be positive about it and you need to be clear about the benefits it's having for your ability to socialize your ability to find people who can be your friends and get on with you and make it clear that if any negative um, aspects uh, of the group ever turn up, any people who are nasty, any people who are doing something wrong, then it gets swiftly dealt with by moderators and admins. It doesn't just get, you know, left to fester. And if it was getting left to fester, then you're really in the wrong group. 
I hope that's covered a few things there, but uh, you know. Any other thoughts on that, Cameron? Uh, I do not have any thoughts on that. You put it really well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just meant to be some food for thought, you know, for those who are listening. You know, if you're stuck at home and you're thinking, at some point I've got to tell my parents about this, what we're going to say, just start by taking a deep breath. It won't hurt to meditate as well, you know, just to kind of calm yourself. Um, and just think about how you can approach this sensibly, positively, and with lots of good sort of, if not evidence, then at least things you can say about the uh, the, the nice side of, of people who are involved in your group. And if there are any negative people involved in your group, maybe just, you know, say, well, I know that there's some people there who aren't there with my best interests in mind, who are causing a, a trouble and a ruckus, um, and I'm avoiding them, and I know exactly what I'm doing avoiding them, and I'm actually either going to have them kicked out of this group or I'm going to join another group, or they're not enough of a problem for that to happen, whichever the case may be. Yeah, and if, if somebody just... If you have the option to ignore people who are causing issues for you, please do so. Yeah. Don't let them get to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the main thing is if keep them level If they're head. really going to cause issues for you like that, they're really not worth your time. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the main thing is to at, keep them level one head. Point, at, at one point, you would At one point, you should just stop caring about what other people think of you because, like, it doesn't really matter anyway. You're all gonna die once. Why not enjoy yourself? Yeah, important. It, it is very important that we must be ourselves. You know, we must express our true selves. And those who can't deal with it are not really very helpful to us at all. Now, are they? Um, you know, if if your parents can't accept that you have chosen to express yourself this way or or even not been able to choose but rather it just is who you are um and you know if, if they can't like it a lump it then what kind of parents are they being um you know if, if they're trying to sort of forcibly change you if they're trying to put you into an awkward position where it's you know us or them um that is not a healthy position to be in and you should be seeking support and advice um, either from our um, friends in the uh, you know, relevant support groups on uh, online uh, or from a psychologist if it's getting that bad uh, or from for that matter housing support charities um, and other useful groups because you don't always have to say to the likes of you know, charities etc that it's specifically the furry fandom that you're in you can just say to them that I'm being, you know, given trouble and grief by my parents simply because of the type of group of people that I associate with online. Uh, and these people are not bad, but the parents are being really obnoxious about it, you know. Because I've heard of plenty of situations in which that's happening, so that's just my two pennyworth. Obviously, your mileage may vary. My advice is not necessarily the best advice in the world. Um, nor should it be taken on its own uh, or indeed taken as advice at all if you uh, are doing anything that involves legal 
obligations. So please, if, if it really needs to come to that, seek advice from a lawyer, a psychologist, whoever's real, relevant and appropriate. Accountants for that matter as well. Very good if it's business related. You know, if you have I mean. the ability to choose who's around you, choose the people who are going to support you. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of people make mistakes with the people they're around and just kind of associate with the wrong crowd. And the people who they choose to associate just don't treat them very well. And exactly. that's something you got to be diligent about. You got you got to be able to recognize how people are treating you and mm. decide from that whether you even want to be around them in the first place. And you've got to be able to spot as well if you're being um, put into an impossible position, uh, if you're being um, lampshaded, uh, sorry, gaslighted rather, not, not lampshaded, that's silly. If you're being gaslit um, because that, that can be really a very your judgment. yeah, it can be a very toxic situation. It can screw with your judgment, and it is difficult to recognize yeah. when it's happening. But like, sometimes you you kind of got to take a mental step back from your situation, view it from a very objective viewpoint, and think, all right, if I was somebody else looking in on this now, what would it look like? You know, and and how how would I justify it to them? The problem that I have with recognizing when you're with the whole gaslighting thing is that it's like really not possible for me to recognize like is this gaslighting or am I literally just misremembering? So, you know, it's like are they right or are they wrong? Well, I don't know. You can usually pin down gaslighting when it comes to things that there is literal physical or video evidence of. Yeah, and I don't have that. And I have actually thought of like just starting to record everything so that I would have that evidence. But then, what if it does turn out that I'm misremembering? Like, you know. Well, then you know. Yeah, then you'll know. Uh, if if it's if you're worried that this sort of thing might be happening to you, recording things just for your own purposes is fine. Because if it is only for your own personal listening back to understand what's going on, then you don't have to tell them that you're recording it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you just, it's basically just an extended memory. Yeah. Because, like, your, your brain is already recording stuff. Do you have to tell everybody that your brain is recording stuff? No. No. It's, it's a given. Yeah. So, you know, use your phone as uh, an extension of your memory if you need to. Obviously, you'll have to clear out its SD card every now and then because it'll fill up with audio files, but it might well be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, there's a thought for you. Because you've got your phone on you all the time anyway in your pocket, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's got an audio recording app on it, most likely, or if it hasn't, you can install one. But, uh, yeah, that is something where I would say, if you are in a situation where you think that there might be um, something not right about how you're being treated, and you can't put your finger on it, it's okay to gather evidence for your own review and, you know, for yourself. That's fine. I don't see as there's any data collection problem with that, you know? Right. Um, now, I'm not a lawyer again, and so don't take this as absolute legal advice. And if you think that your country's jurisdiction might put things differently, then, you know, check with somebody who knows better about it. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's mainly just a logical assessment of it. Yeah. Now, 
I mean, normally I wouldn't go into this kind of subject in this sort of detail on a podcast like this, but I think that with the virus going around and with everybody being stuck at home, it's important that people realise that they're not alone. Um, and it is a thing that, that happens to people, you know, this, this kind of mistreatment does happen. If that's happening to you at home, use your time well to assess it and to figure out what it is that's happening to you, what you're going to do about it, and when will be the best time to do it. It might well be after the entire pandemic's done and everyone's been vaccinated, or it might be time now to start building up and preparing for that time. It depends on exactly what it is you need to do. Um, But likewise, you know, even if it's nothing to do with your home domestic situation and you just need to get a better job, you need to sort out your employment, you need to sort out your finances, uh, other situations in your life, now might be a good time to begin preparing those things too. Because the more of us can hit the ground running when this pandemic is over, the better. Yes. Alrighty. So, yeah, um, glad to uh, have you here. It's it's wonderful. This, um, you know, it's it's been too long since we last did a podcast. Yeah. How long has it been? Like about three months. Like a month. Oh God, that's longer than I was thinking. Yeah, um, because it was about. Well, it must have been January, I think, when we did the last one. Because um, the last one. Yeah, it was either January or February. February Might have been right at the beginning of February then. Um, But I know that when it came to Anthro New England and recording the interview with um, Anders Sandberg, that was a while after the uh, previous podcast. Uh, oh yeah, another thing I just wanted to mention actually, if you have a look on our Twitter you'll see it in our pictures, which you know you know, when on Twitter you click on someone's profile and you can see the pictures they've posted on, yeah, on, on the media tab yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you look on there f- uh, for us, for the Freedom of Form Foundation which is at Freedom of Form on Twitter by the way um, you can see the examples of our leaflets that we've had done for the uh, um, different conventions we've attended um, and those have been made by Ethel, who is an amazing artist. Uh, so too was the banner picture at the top of our Twitter, um, and a couple of other pictures that we've got kicking around. So, you know, just a big shout out to Ethel for some absolutely stunning artwork. Um, Especially that banner image. That banner yeah. image is absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's top notch stuff. Um, and then there's also Dragon Feathers, who brings her own more sort of fun and cartoony style, um, which I think came out brilliantly for the postcard image and for uh, the Become You gif. Um, we also recently got a couple of images done by Dragon Feathers um, for the interview with uh, Anders Sandberg. So if you watch it through, you'll spot those. They do come up. Um, and there's also one in there by Zed Stubnoffs, who's a friend of mine from another group. Um, who was available at the time to draw us another picture. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that went rather well. Coming I, up, I'm just I'm just scrolling through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I scroll back to the the one the science breakthrough RT to instantly grow a tail. I forgot to RT this. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I was just going to mention as well. <laughs> we retweeted uh, back in March a couple of tweets from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Uh, why you may ask? Well. They've got a rather nice little um, mascot, Quinn the Quarantine Fox. I think I've seen it. I, I don't remember, but I think there was one company that tried to be hip and cool with the kids and they got such an anthropomorphic animal avatar. Don't remember which one it was, but that's something they did. Well, in the case of um, the US Consumer Product Safety Commission, which is uh, a sort of quasi-governmental agency, I think. Um, they're, they're literally just using a photo of a fox um, inserted with images of whatever the safety thing is they're talking about, like fire extinguishers, for example. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's a nice little idea. It shows that uh, they've picked up perhaps on the, uh, the trend to enjoy fluffy animals. Yeah. It, every little helps. <laughs> um, now, those of you who didn't attend Amphro New England may not have heard of this, so I'll just mention it to you as well. Um, we actually now have an employee. Um, his uh, furry name is Kiro Itzeralda. Um, and he is with us for doing all things IT. Uh, he deals with our systems and database, uh, sorry, data center type stuff, um, runs our website, makes sure that uh, everything's ticking over nicely so that we've got all the tools that we need when we need them. Um, and he was with us actually at Amfreno England, um, so if you want to see him, um, have a look at our uh, video from our talk at uh, A&E on YouTube. Um, not the one from 2019, the 2020 uh, edition. <laughs> the, the 2019 talk was actually a bit of a car crash because uh, initially we didn't even have a projector. Um, and we thought that the convention had one and they didn't. <laughs> well, they, they didn't have one spare um, for us anyway. Uh, they were sharing like one projector between three different rooms. So. Uh, I went on a bit of a, a mad march around and had to bash together a few constaff heads in the metaphorical sense to uh, obtain a projector and it turned up 10 minutes after we started. That is that is honestly the, the closest I've ever heard of something coming. What? Sorry? That's, that's the closest I've ever heard of something coming. Oh, um, no, it was it was 10 minutes after we started. Did it find yeah. the turn up <laughs> But um, that, as a result, the first 10 minutes of the talk were given with literally a laptop balanced on a chair on a table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was I hilarious. mean, if it works, it works. Yeah, but nobody yeah. could read anything on the screen. <laughs> Except for us, because we were right next to it. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't ideal. 
Um, but you know, ideal, but it did it did something at least. You can see you can see colors. The great thing with our um, organization, though, is it's grown over the last year. We have gained so much support, so many donations, and I want to say a big thank you to everyone because this year's ANE, we managed to attend it with a projector of our own, um, more than enough laptops and cables and microphones and things to make sure that we had redundancy of recording devices a few times over, so if, if one of the um, cameras or mics didn't pick things up properly, we could switch to the other one. Uh, and that actually worked rather well. Um, we've, we've even had our own rollout screen as well, so we set that up and it did the trick. We were very happy. Uh, we also brought along some merch, so just, just a little hint to you folks, if you actually attend our talks at conventions and boost our numbers, you might get freebies. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Of course, we can't do any conventions until after the uh, double plus bad cold is over, so you're going to have to stick around for quite a while before the next uh, con is on, but uh, when it is, you know what to look out for. Hmm. So, there you go. Uh, what else did I need to say? Mine's going blank. <laughs> Same, I really didn't say that much, honestly. We'll, we'll get to you again in a second. I've just remembered something else I was going to say, which is I'm going to be hired as well very soon, um, officially. That's awesome. So, yes, Kira has already been paid for a while um, as our IT person, and indispensable he is too, so you know, absolutely fine with that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm getting added to the payroll too because um, basically I've I've found it um, relatively easy, to be honest, from my perspective of how my brain works, to deal with bureaucracy um, and form filling and compliance and things. And Zenith's like, well, you know, rather than us paying quite a lot of money to compliance companies that go through the bureaucracy for us, if we can do it for ourselves and reduce the overheads, then yeah. Yeah, I would save a lot of money and free up a lot of funds for other things like actual morphological freedom research. Exactly. And also, the money that we save can then be spent on paying me to do other useful things for the organization too, so that I'm slightly more full-time than I would be, but I'm still very much part-time overall at the moment because that's all we can afford. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we're at at the moment. But hey, if more folks do have the chance to donate to us, um, especially after this pandemic's done, then we'll be able to expand our hours and we'll be able to um, add more people to our payroll. <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course, we'll also be able to actually fund more research papers. We'll be able to fund actual scientific experiments and projects. Sounds fun. Yep. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Absolutely. And we're already making a start. If you have a look on the Freedom of Form Foundation Discord server, uh, we do already have projects in the fields of ethics, 3D anatomy, um, website-related projects, and hardware prototypes. Um, now, I think the idea with the hardware prototypes is it's um, expanding on some of the work that's been done by the tail company. Um, and other similar organizations where we're looking at um, 
prosthetic tails and uh, animatronics and what you can do to start to integrate those more thoroughly to the body. Um, yeah. There's 3D anatomy project that's looking more at uh, simulation um, and virtual reality. Our ethics and website projects are fairly self-explanatory there for um, just kind of exploring for things that can be said about ethics and obviously how we're going to present um, well, what was it we were going to be presenting on the website? Just double checking something. Oh yeah, I think I think it's to just do a revamped version of the website basically. So that will be up to date and include more useful things from what we're producing in the other projects. So yeah, we've got plenty coming up. There will be another board meeting for the Freedom of Form Foundation coming up as well at the end of the month, so maybe um, some more juicy information will come from that. That's exciting. Yep. It usually results in good ideas happening when we have those meetings, so they are worthwhile. And I think these podcasts are worthwhile too, so. Uh, Andrik. Yeah. Do you have um, anything else you would like to bring in? Uh, no, not really. Are you sure? Are you sure you're sure? <laughs> Is this an interrogation? <laughs> Let's look at the flashlight. <laughs> How many lights do you see? <laughs> if you get that reference, then uh, you're older than you think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get the reference, I just don't know where it's from. <laughs> yeah, I, I also... Alright, watch Star Trek The Next Generation and look out for the I, I know I have to, I, I really want to get into Star Trek it looks like an awesome Absolutely. An awesome universe. It really is um, look out for the bit where Captain Picard is being interrogated by the Cardassians that's where the how many lights do you see thing comes from Gotcha Okay So is there anything Else, else, else. Ooh, a, a double-decker bus just drove past with a big advertisement for a, a movie on the side of it that I'm just going to mention, not because I want to advertise the movie, but just because it looks interesting. Um, it's called Onward, um, and it's sort of got this uh, concept going on in the trailer, at least, from what I can gather, of uh, these teenage um, sort of, I don't know what they are exactly, troll-like aliens, Coming to they're visit elves. Earth. They're elves. Elves, that's the one. Okay, so teenage elves, they come to visit Earth. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I didn't really look through the trailer that hard, but... Well, they're, 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 they were already on, like, a fantasy version of Earth. Yeah. And they finished up in our version of Earth. They messed around with spells, basically half brought back their deceased father, and then had, like, a day to finish it. So you've seen the movie? I've seen the trailer and oh. got kind of the premise of the plot from it, but I haven't seen it. I mm. need to see it, though. Apparently it's really good. It does sound interesting um, from a sort of other kin kind of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, keep my eyes peeled for that one. Um, I actually was 
introduced for the first time for me uh, to a movie from 1982 called The Last Unicorn. Have you either of you seen it? I have not. No. Well, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what the legality of the fact that it's uploaded there is exactly, uh, but it's on YouTube, the whole thing. Hmm. Maybe um, that depends if it entered the public domain or not. Well, it also depends on what happened with the people who published it, I suppose, as well. Um, but it's, it's an if old... There's nobody left to hold the rights, then it just goes to the state and for all, and for all intents and purposes, basically public domain at that point. Well, it's, it's from 1982, not 1942. <laughs> but, well, I but. mean, there are, there are things from earlier than 1940 still in copyright. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's stuff you know, the House of Mouse have made it. Sure yeah. yeah. So it depends, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But, like, let's, let's assume the, that we haven't, because we haven't checked the copyright on that. Uh, so... You know, do your research, check the copyright on it, and then if it's legit for your country, watch it. But if you want to, that is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I found it to be a really interesting movie. Um, it's essentially Otherkin, The Fable. That sounds amazing, yeah. and I need to watch it. I have had, I have watched multiple different movies at numerous different points where I thought. This would be very good with a freedom of form premise. Yeah. Like purposes of social acceptance. I get you. Uh, with The Last Unicorn, it already had a freedom of form premise buried in, right in the middle of it. So, you know, <laughs> it hit the nail on the head. Um, and I will warn you now, it contains all the feels. It will make you cry. Excellent. Uh, probably a few times. It certainly did for me. Um, so yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Frozen in the sequel? Which of the many I Frozen sequels? Seen... The Disney one, the new one. I have seen it too many times to count. Please. I don't think if I've you, seen it. I sit for watching it all the time, and I'm just like, no, please, I don't want to watch this again. If you look really closely with the right mindset, uh. Kristoff's behavior hints at him being otherkin. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Good God. It's mainly just speculation, though. Yeah. It's not confirmed. In I mean, it could... It, it, I mean, this, pretty much the same thing could be also said for that other guy who shows up in the sequel. Hmm. No. I was... Yeah, that's... Uh, the, basically the... Yeah. I, I don't, I remember, I don't remember his name. Right, writer, writer. It's, yeah, him. Yeah, I was gonna say, they really both seem to share more than just their behavior. Yeah. Well, that was really interesting. Now, um, if anybody is listening wants to know more about what other kin and Therians are, you can ask us. You know, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, PM us on Twitter. You can get in touch on Discord or on Telegram through um, the F Plus room. We are an open book on these things. We want to help inform. Um, 
just got to ask at the right time. Sometimes we're busy and we might say, sorry, we're busy right now. In which case, just, you know, come back to us a few days later. We'll probably have more time to chat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, always um, an option for those who want to know more. If you have enjoyed this, please feel free to spread it around to those who you think will be interested. Um, hopefully for the right reasons. Um, I mean... I'm sure there's plenty of trolls in Kiwi Farms and 4chan who want to listen to this so they can laugh their heads off, but at the end of the day that's not really the intended audience. And uh, I think it wouldn't particularly help our cause if uh, if they were to um, get their hands on it in any meaningful way. So, you know, think about who you're sharing these things to, but also spread the word to the right people yeah. who, who will help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, with that in mind, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to say? Uh, not really. Uh, just just from a just from a standpoint on the morphological freedom nexus, I do plan to bring back kinship and the robotics group that I'm probably going to be renaming at some point pretty soon. Uh, back to the back to the morphological freedom nexus. If you have been able to resolve some of the uh, problems that were raised with you before about it, then uh, that might well work. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully everything's been dealt with. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's all final or not, but it seems to be. Alright. One thing I wanted to talk about that's later something. I can just always send a message after. Yeah. That's fine. If it's not for the podcast, it's not for the podcast. Okie doke. Um, so yeah, we have been Atamanatha Kitsune, Kami, and Andrik. And you have been our audience, whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, guys. Next time. Thank you for listening, and uh, thanks to all of you, and especially thanks to... Thanks for the opportunity for me to just be here and... uh,